Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70MM, a podcast for film fans just like you. With me, as always, is my close friend and artist, Danny Haas. Hello. And our close friend and spiritual advisor, Pert Alexis. Go Perts. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the video circulating online already tonight? Of the drunk Eagles fan just saying that to some like middle-aged Vikings woman. <laughs> no. Oh my god, that's amazing. All right. Anywho, every episode is connected to a theme of that month. And this time it's Femtember, final name still in progress. We're only covering movies directed by women. My pick is up. Celine Siama's Tomboy from 2011. And you can use the chapters in your podcast app to skip to wherever you want in this episode. You don't have to stick with our BS to start the show. Um, Kelly watched Tomboy left a review. Oh my heart, Celine Siama, I will follow you anywhere. Is she right? Mm. We'll find out. Big topic I wanted to get out of the way. This is, I'm, my DMs have been popping off. Excuse me. Popping off. They need to get our opinions on the news this week. The hot tech news, iPhone 15. Oh my God. The oh iPhone God. 15 announcement. Apple Watch 9. Apple Watch Ultra 2. <laughs> you've been, you've been uh, reading the live streams, Pro? You up to date? Wait, what do you I think watched- about the announcements? The announcements. Um, I'll be honest. I watched the Apple Live event, and I I don't remember a single thing. <laughs> it's um, all the other same. than yeah. I just uh, put a number on the box. Listen, pre-orders go up tomorrow, Friday. I might be making moves. Oh, oh really? What are you I'm rocking right now? iPhone eleven, iPhone twelve. I got an, yeah. I got an iPhone eleven. I think it's, it's time. I think it's, it's time. time. I don't know how it's still yeah. kicking. I get all kinds of funky, weird things. You know, I got to open the camera app and it's it's facing the wrong way. <laughs> you know, it's like, the, I need more RAM. I think I need more RAM in this phone. <laughs> I actually said to Amanda, I was like, you know, I haven't bought a new oh, phone in a go. couple of years. And as everyone knows, I'm like a an addict. Like you're, I would get sick. I'd get like two different phones a year. It's a two time. Probably two time. Um, usually, any other time, a couple years ago, she'd probably throw a shoe at my face. But she's like, ah, "You're right. I know you haven't bought a new phone in a few years, so there could be some wheels in motion." Vindication. Golly. Vindication. <laughs> Stupid ass. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite moments in the show is that dumb joke. Actually, speaking of which. This is completely random. There's no reason to bring this up, but uh, I was l- reading a podcast newsletter. Mm-hmm. One of, you know, podcast business industry insiders, and someone said that a podcast idea for a trailer would be the host explaining all the inside jokes throughout <laughs> the history of the show. Like a, almost bad. like a primer. That's a full episode to listen of to the show. Jokes. What if? Who who has a list of the inside jokes? Who maintains the list? 
Okay. Uh, enough tomfoolery. <laughs> Uh, we'll get into the Ahsoka talk at the in the uncut episode. Mm-hmm. Those are just for supporters on Patreon. If you need the uncut, pure Ahsoka episode Excuse five me. talk, you're only going to get it on Patreon. I actually Good thought stuff. about cutting up that segment and making it an episode just for patrons. Oh. Maybe they wanted to listen to the Ahsoka talk. It's a great oh. idea. You're just trying to get Ahsoka art out of me. Oh, I hello. see what you're doing. Hello, hello. Um, Elite Squad went out this week to our supporters if you're into that sort of thing that was an Andy Stone pick from our patron Andy Stone it's a perfect episode we didn't miss a beat on anything we didn't forget we never to do anything anything least of all a voicemail from mm-hmm. the person who picked the movie you would never forget that Proto any movies you watched this week you want to get into uh, let's see did I watch any movies you did I know you did but you did I'm throwing I up a, 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 like a lob so I'm yeah. lobbing it over the net. You should be hitting okay. it out of the park. U.S. Okay. Open. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I did watch a movie. I watched, been on the watch list for a long time, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Mm. Oh, my gosh. 1987, Andy Sedaris. Uh, this... I don't think this wasn't covered on Bat and Spider, right? They just talked about it a bunch. Uh, this might have been covered. It might have. say in some mm. in some way, shape, or form. They talked about it at length. Yeah. So, Hard Ticket to Hawaii is a uh, <clears throat> you know it's in the B movie vein here. Andy Sidaris just doing his thing, and it's about what is it? I don't even know. It's about these beautiful people who pretend to be you know special agents living in Hawaii. There is an amazing snake puppet. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Keeps popping up in this movie. At one point, explodes through a toilet after a woman flushes the toilet. Um, there is a man who's launched into the air, and then a guy pulls out a bazooka and blows him out of the sky. Okay. okay. Um, I gave this movie four stars. Amazing. But easy four stars. Don't forget that guy. He gets blown out of the air, but when he was on his skateboard, he had a blow up doll. And yes. after he got exploded by bazooka, they also shot a bazooka at the blow-up doll who was in the yes. midair, and that also exploded. Good lord. <laughs> it's all true. <clears throat> <laughs> you had one of the most scandalous lines in a letterbox review. I almost died. <laughs> I have to bleep it. I don't even know if I can recite can't it on the say show. This out loud. Let me just pull it up. Let me look at it again before I make it. <laughs> just, just read it. I can't even look at it. <laughs> I can't even look at it straight on. This is the new Ninja Turtles proto review. <laughs> anyway, look up Proto's Hard Ticket to Hawaii review. It's it's a zinger. It's something. It's a humdinger. I think the movie that Bat and Spider, our friend's podcast, covered is Malibu Express by the same director. Mm. Ah, Spiritual sequel. Very horny movie. Lots of... Barely clothed women. Um, it's the 80s, you know? Things were different back then. Mm-hmm. Not exactly fodder for Femtober, to be honest. Any other movies, Proto? Uh, I did get a family movie uh, watch in. We watched The Little Mermaid. Oh. Uh, the live action from 2023. I didn't talk about this last week. Did I? <laughs> I, th- I, I think, think so. I think you did. Did I dream it? <laughs> did, did we talk about it? Did we talk week? about it? I remember yeah, you UFO'd saying something it. about 
Oh, yeah, it was the UFO. Sorry. Me listening to your audio dispatch oh, maybe yeah. made me think it was. Yeah, so I've talked about this movie for nine minutes already, I think. <laughs> special <laughs> Patreon UFO. Um, but uh, my main go uh, uh, thought about this was that it, it 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 followed so loyally to the the cartoon uh but it 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 like failed in every way by mm. doing that it just doesn't work in the live action form i i don't know why like i don't know why they insist on making it so loyal to the cartoon where they could just take advantage of maybe what live action could do the strengths that you get with that of like you know human performances i mean they changed the story a bit but it just it just doesn't go far enough, uh, and they make a lot of poor choices, in, in my opinion. So you know, it was okay to watch with the kids; it was fine, mm. but nothing to write home about, unfortunately. Didn't I see some headline? I don't know if it was accurate. Could have been disbussing film, <laughs> disbussing flim, saying that it was like the most streamed release on Disney Plus, like so far. Something That's because like. no one wanted to pay for it. <laughs> Maybe. Mm. Maybe, yeah. I don't. I, I every time I open up Disney Plus to watch Simpsons, that that Little Mermaid ad is at the top of my screen. Mm. When are you gonna time. watch it? I don't have time for it. Unfortunately, I don't think that's true. I have um, a new episode of Master Chef. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. United Tastes of America. Right. That I sounds terrible. A lot of stuff to watch. I actually started watching a new TV show that's occupying a lot of my time. I heard about this. Told Danny about it off air. I usually keep yeah. the stuff. Close, Close to the vest. Well, really? I don't want someone to ruin it for me, you know? They might. Should you should you bring it up? No, I'm not even going to say what I'm watching. Okay. Anything else? Pro? No, that's about it for me. It's a good week for you. Uh, let's say hello to some new patrons. Jeremiah, Kyle, and Scott joined this past week. Got access to the VHS Village Discord. Discounts on Danny's Prince. Uh, there's a lot of watch-alongs happening in the Discord mm. There was a, I made a, I guess a slightly passive aggressive comment previous episode that there were no more watch parties happening. So our tape deck adjacent podcast, people that podcast from our community. Uh, so if you're looking for some movie loving friends, our, our community could be the place for you. Danny. Yes. Notting Hill. Thank you. Um, I, I've been dying to watch this movie for quite a while now. And... I got tired of waiting for us to find the right time on the show to watch it. So I watched it this week with Casey and um, that it's like, I feel like it, it has to be one of my first rom-coms that I ever kind of fell in love with ages ago. Mm. And it's still just kind of is awesome. I still love it so much. I love, um, uh, Hugh Grant. Is he in it? Thank you. It's just a guess. I was thinking of, yes. Hugh Grant is in it and he's amazing in it. I love him dearly. And um, I'm blanking on her name. Julia, Julia Gulia. Thank you. I don't know why I want to call her Jessica. Julia Roberts is amazing in it. Um, so what I was thinking, I'm going to What's happening? pitch something What's to you guys. Uh, because I love, I love um, Notting Hill so much. And I want to do it on the podcast. Uh, and I love rom-coms so much. How about in February, we make it 
rom-com month, but I pick all the movies. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, what was the proto month? Proto pendants? This is like Danny. In the same vein. The Danny Bill of Rights. But we're doing wow. rom-coms. Live workshopping on the air. I've never yeah. experienced this before in, in all yeah. our years. It's time we have to do this. I mean, I'm, I'm open to the idea. I'm open to this. I'm we open. love love and murder. <laughs> we love love month. Notting Hill. So presumably. Yes. Well, I would think we would just kick it off with Notting Hill. Wow. Pardo, have you ever seen this? No, I don't think I've ever seen Notting Hill. Oh my no. gosh. Really? Art, Art in chat. Danuary. Okay, Art. Please. <laughs> I've never seen this. You've never seen it either? No, I just know that there was like a period of time where Hugh Grant was like King. World's greatest sex machine, you know, People magazine. He's on all these rom coms. Yes. Being like, oh, 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 you know? Yeah. Something to thinking about. William Thacker is a London bookstore owner whose humdrum existence is thrown into romantic turmoil when famous American actress Anna Scott appears in his shop. Gosh. I remember this poster. The poster is burned. Yeah. It's seared. The big yeah. poster of Julia. I mean, it's a terrible poster. Well, let's... Well, you know, Early Photoshop. Yeah. First let's ever. Let's put a pen in it. Put a, put a pen. Because it's I would like love seven to do months this. until February. We got time. It's a year out. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Okay. This is an exciting proposition. Thank you. We'll report back. I'm propositioning you guys. For love. Any other movies? Or actually, you're, as of this episode being posted to the main feed, your Escape Hatch episode is out. Yes. You were a guest on the Escape Hatch podcast to talk about the Rocketeer. Yes. Uh, we talked Rocketeer and also we talked uh, with the director of um, the uh, Drawn to Perfection documentary uh, following Dave Stevens' life through comics and the movie The Rocketeer. And then we, then we talked The Rocketeer afterwards. It was a, it was a great conversation. Uh, and a great time talking about my favorite movie. Little did I know that it's 70 millimeter month over at Escape Hatch. I found that out too. I didn't so, know that. Uh, it's it's, it's <laughs> the month. I'm You're next. Up next. I'm next. Devil's Advocate is my movie. Yeah. With Keanu. And then wow. Proto, I would presume you're after me. Are you ready to announce the movie you're doing, Proto, on Escape Hatch? Uh, I don't remember the title. It's something like... <laughs> Solar Babies, I think. <laughs> Is that a real movie? Solar Babies. Something like that. Google it. I'm afraid to Google that. 1986, Solar Babies. Who will rule the future? Oh, my word. This looks like something. It's on Tubi and Pluto only. Average rating 2.5. Stay tuned for more information on Solar Babies as we yeah. progress through 70 millimeter month. So then what'd you watch this week? What did I watch this week? I watched a lot. Mm -hmm. I watched The Stand. Still right. on my Stephen King journey. I love uh, that for you. People are calling it King Timber. There's a little bit of a buzz, a groundswell of support oh. for this potential new yearly tradition. Anything's better than Hooptober. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, how many forms of ID you need to present to sign up for Hooptober? It's like you're in, moving to New Jersey. <laughs> The Stand. I did not like The Stand. Oh. I was excited for The Stand. You know, it's the one uh, Stephen King miniseries that has eluded me after all these years. 
Uh, Gary Sinise is in it. Rob really? Lowe. Yeah, I was oh. actually Molly Ringwald is what also the? the star. I didn't know Gary Sinise was huh? in it. Essentially, uh, a plague. It starts out like really cool. There's like an outbreak at this facility, and the one security guard who's kind of like responsible for closing the gate, not the, like to prevent anything further from happening. Mm. He, it's it's like one of those facilities that has the the employees live on the land mm-hmm. where they have like houses. He freaks out. He just like runs home, gets his wife and daughter, and leaves. Like oh. the gate just like doesn't even close. So he. Wow. He essentially brings out the virus from this area and infects. Uh, it just creates this chain of events where people are just dying. It's not zombies though, right? No, it's not. That was like what was felt so fresh. Like people die and they just stay dead oh. like wherever they were. So it's like this group of survivors who for whatever reason don't get the plague um, and they just navigate through like these big cities where people are just still dead in their cars or whatever what they were the? doing. This sounds awesome. Yeah, the first part was pretty cool. There's, I think it's there's four nights, so this is like big time four night event for oh. for mini movies. Well, is this recent though? I feel like it was they remade the last, it like ten uh, years recently. I think Whoopi oh. Goldberg plays one of the leads. Um, Whoopi. So this is 1994. They all start having visions of this woman who is like s- some kind of prophet character who says like you need to come meet me in this city. We'll fight the the you know the evil that's also come to town. What the um, and like I it wasn't even a bit in my review, but I was getting such hard left behind vibes. It wasn't even funny mm. while watching it. Like there's a lot of religion. There's a lot of Bible quoting, verse quoting. Like some of these characters walk through states for like essentially forty days and forty nights. Like there's so much that was like okay, I get it, Stephen mm. King. Like this is pretty on the nose. So, so I didn't like it was an much. homage to Left Behind. Jesus homage slash Left Behind. It was like, I wrote my review Gary Sinise and the Tribulation Force. <laughs> Remember when I watched all those Left Behind yeah, I don't movies? know how oh you did it. God. Oh my God. Oh. So does that interest you now to try to watch The Stand, bro? Uh, I don't know. I mean, six hours. That's that's the runtime I'm reading. Yeah, it's a, it's a long, it's an investment. But also a man and I went to go see Haunting in Venice. It's a big one. Got a little screening invite. Big one. The big one. The big Hercule Poirot. Does he survive uh, this one? Stay tuned. Um, my mom always watched the like PBS Hercule specials when I was growing up. Oh, so that's I, a thing. I saw those like all the time when I was growing up. Oh. But I never watched any other movies. No desire to. But everyone was like, oh, scary. Had Hercule. a good trailer. Horror movie. Looks scary. Um, not that scary, hmm. but it was okay. Give it three stars. I was looking to go back and watch the first one, the Murder on the Orient Express, but it's not streaming anywhere. What? Really? What? No. We watched basketball together, the three of us. Have mercy <laughs> for the audio commentary for our patrons. Monday was it? Monday night, Tuesday night. We got together. Actually, right after my haunting in Venice screening. Mm-hmm. We fired it up. I had to rent it on Amazon Prime. Not streaming anywhere. Group watch. Was it even a group watch? I, actually, <laughs> I don't know should I have looked into it. that? Maybe I should have looked into that. Because my internet connection was chucking trying to stream that for everybody. Anyway, 1998, David Zucker directed Trey Parker and Matt Stone of South Park in a comedy. Different and times. 
It's something else. I grew up on this movie. It's Clearly. formative. <laughs> not sure how to take that, but it's a formative comedy for me. I've seen it thousands of times growing up. So it was really fun for the three of us to watch it. Um, what I didn't realize is that, like, I remember this going poorly for, for them and everyone involved, essentially. But I didn't realize that, like, the only reason they did it is because it was a year into South Park and they thought South Park was going to be canceled. So they they thought, let's just do this Wild. movie. Like, we're going to be out of a job in a year. So why not? And look what happened. So now looking back, it's just like completely bizarre, really. Like you probably even you said that it was just so strange to witness it. Yeah, because I I had assumed that they were that they wrote this movie, that they were do like South Park was doing so well that, you know, someone threw them a lot of cash to write a movie and star in it. Uh, but that's com- not the case at all. So mm-hmm. I was kind of shocked when I heard uh, what the that they were just acting in this movie. Um <laughs> I am trying to work into uh, into my my everyday um, lingo, though the the line it's it stayed with me. I haven't been able to shake it. That uh, uh, I hope this trait isn't a sexually transmitted. Uh, I just can't stop thinking about that line. <laughs> Robert, I mean, he's so good at that movie. There's so many scenes that are pure gold. Even today, there's so many scenes that aren't pure gold. Folks, mm. just bear with us if you decide to rewatch that movie. Uh, last thing, every week we give out a free year of Letterbox patron. Tag your view, 70mm pod. Uh, this week, I think we celebrated a birthday. The winner, Yoli, from our community oh. left a review of The Love Witch. Quote, you want to have a sordid love affair? You want to get into some mischief? End quote. Mm. Who doesn't? That comes from Yoli. So Yoli just won a year of patron. Congrats, Yoli. Uh, one other uh, thing to mention, too. We have we always have this like twenty percent off discount code on our website for pro or patron. Um, you can use code seventy mm pod to redeem twenty percent off whenever you want. So just FYI, let's get in this movie, please, please. Full disclosure: I'm a Letterbox employee. Thanks for a reminder, Dave. <laughs> Tomboy, twenty eleven, my pick for Femtember. Celine Siama back on the pod. Part of what's this movie? Laura is a is ten years old and has just moved to a new home. She makes some friends in the neighborhood who think she is a boy. Laura introduces herself as Mikkel and spends the summer playing with her new friends. He takes his shirt off while playing football and swimming, fights other boys, and kisses Lisa. But right before school is to start, Mikkel gets into a fight defending his younger sister Jean causing a domino of their mother finding out and needing to tell the truth to the kids in the neighborhood. Tomboy. The queen is back. She's back. Celine is back. The queen of children. <laughs> Our queen forevermore. Danny, had you, what, what's your history with, well, let's start with what's your history with Celine yeah. Siama? And uh, had you had this movie under radar at any point in the last few years? Yeah, this, uh, well, history would be first Celine Siama would be when we covered Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, and then 
I don't, I don't think she was fully on my radar then as much as I loved that movie. Um, but when her next film that came out, Petit Maman, um, effectively like wrecked me as a human being. It was an amazing film. You got a tattoo. Uh, I have a Petit Maman tattoo now of the two little girls. Uh, so Celine is uh, in high praise in my life uh, for movies. And then Tomboy, I had wanted to watch... I forget if it was going to fit into a month a while back, but I had pulled it up and I'm just like, I don't know if I'm mentally ready to talk about Celine just yet after Petite. Um, and so, yeah, so this has been on my radar for quite a while and I'm really glad you picked it because it fits really nicely in this month. You needed time to heal from Petite Mama. I'm still not healed. Mama. You got that tattoo before they were even, that movie was like even fully out. Right, didn't I screen cap a, a, like the I had credits you, when I was watching? I needed it? you to screen cap something from your screener because the movie was still in theaters, right. so I could get it tattooed. Yeah, it's the, there's a some. Drums. I don't even know if that's illegal, but we did. We'll it. consult seventy mm legal. Yeah, uh, post show. They're in Italy right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's some amazing drawings during the closing credits of that movie, um, and that's where that tattoo comes from. Mm. Proto, what about you? Um, same, you know, watch Portrait of a Lady uh, for the show. What a picture. Mm. I mean, we were all there. We all watched it. We talked about it <laughs> for a moment. And then I watched Petite, uh, Petite Maman as well, uh, which was a darling movie. Um, so, yeah, and I, knew, I, you know, of course, looked at her filmography and knew that this existed had definitely read it a few times. I find the the poster to be quite striking. Yeah. So it kind of always catches your eye. But other than that, you know, it's my first viewing. A lot of memes too from Portrait that you utilized, you weaponized. Mm -hmm. um, some oh, stills yeah. of the lead saying, read it again. <laughs> that's, that's a great one. <laughs> we need to bring some of those back. It's a good one. I feel like Discord needs a star feature for like PNG uploads, not just GIFs, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, Portrait, God, it's fun to look back to where we were when Portrait came out. You know, that was like, what did I say last week? Episode five or something? Yeah, it was so early on. And we're on, this is episode 188. And this was pre-pandemic. So Proto and I went to go see this movie. And this mm -hmm. is like, I, I'm trying to think about like why we chose it. I think there was like one of our earliest Letterbox Buzzy movies at the time. And I think we probably talked about like, do we need to do this movie? Like, should we try to go see it? Because mm. like people will not stop talking about there's the the meme in chat. Um, and then we had this like amazing conversation, I think, anyway. So and Petit Mama came out, and then I kind of wanted to also go back into her library. Um, but at the same time. I think I like wanted to like save what some of them for the show. Like I wanted like let's save one of the, yeah. one of her movies. She has another movie I think called Girlhood that I actually had never heard of. Also in her in her filmography. So I'm glad that we've we're finally able to make time to talk about it. So in this part of the episode, we'll you know the hosts jot down a couple points that we want to bring up during our roundtable discussion. Then we'll close things out with our honorable mentions and letterboxed rating. And I guess like a precursor, like 
there's a lot of like gender fluidity in this movie. So I don't want anyone to, you know, um, feel uncomfortable with like our pronoun usage, I guess because the movie blurs the line so often. It's like, even in my notes, I was writing like he, she, mm-hmm. and being and like, yeah. oh wait, should I write that? Like, actually, I don't even know. Um, so I think I just want to kind of like create like a comfortable environment for us to like talk about that stuff. So uh, I'll go first since this was my pick. Are 90 minute movies the dream? <sighs> 90 minutes or less. <laughs> like, what are we doing as a society if we're doing movies that are longer than this? Really? Nobody go know. back to listen to our Avatar episode. Just, <laughs> just let me get through this thought. But man, it feels great to sit down, get a complete story with a small set of characters. And this was like under 90 minutes. Was this 80 some minutes? It feels great. Mm-hmm. Danny, do you agree? Feels great? I mean, I, I definitely agree. I think it takes an immense amount of skill to be able to pull off a story kind of this in depth and heavy and real and to pull it off so well in 90 in less than 90 minutes. I don't know how many people have that ability in them. I mean, Celine's yeah. done it. I mean, even I think uh, Petit's even shorter than this. I think mm-hmm. Petit's in the 70 minute era and it's like, uh, it's hard. I think it has to be hard to be able to, to, to truncate a film down to this little bit of, time right and still have an amazing story same goes for podcasts should podcasts be longer than 90 minutes <sighs> no a great question I, I mean the answer could be yes but i would say no <laughs> <laughs> we do our best i'm pro long movies mm-hmm. i'm fine with a longer mm-hmm. movie i think it's perfectly acceptable to have a movie that's two and a half hours long three hours long you know, lo- maybe even longer if if it warrants that length. But I think I think the point that we're trying to make is that there are so many movies that are made that could be ninety minutes mm-hmm. and that could that could give us back so much of our our time. You know, give us back our lives. You know, why are we watching action movies that are a uh, hundred and thirty six minutes? <laughs> when they could easily be 90 minutes. I think that's the question we're asking this, you know, and is that because it's written by committee? They Mm. shoot all this stuff and then they just want to use it. They want to sell an extra bag of popcorn. (laughs) I don't know what the answer is, Mm -hmm. but you know, there's some studio execs that should think long and hard about the words that are coming out of our mouths right now. (laughs) (laughs) I know for a fact they're listening right now. I know for a fact. I feel like it's easy. I think we've said it. I think we've said this three-hour movie should have been 20 minutes shorter more than we've said this 90-minute movie needs to be 30 minutes longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone check the numbers. I'm I'm willing to bet the date is correct on that statement. <laughs> Pearl, what's the first thing you want to talk about for this movie? Uh, the thing that really struck me while watching this um, was seeing the, the, the girl, Laura um, slash Mikkel, being being so happy um uh, as a boy within her friend group um of these other kids but knowing at the same time in order to do that she had to lie to everyone mm. basically lie to everyone in her life mm-hmm. right she's lying to all of these kids she's lying to her mom her dad her sister um so it's like for her to be true to herself, 
she had to to lie in this way. Um, and of course, it all comes crashing down at the end. But that was just so striking to me to see somebody find happiness in this way, but like have to pay such a, a high price for it. Mm. Like the, it, it almost feels like the perfect time to do it. I guess like if you want to say perfect, but like they they just moved. She gets to ask that question, right. what's your name? And there's like that delay. And you can feel that like, there's just some kind of emotion happening in her that like, oh, why, why not? Like, mm. what's the worst that could happen? You know, let's let's try to have the the fresh start and like the feelings that I've had potentially for a little bit. Like, let's do something about them and start over. Uh, so yeah, that scene was really powerful. I feel like uh, when when you're when this we were first introduced to her in this film. Uh, I mean, you you know it's a t- you know it's the movie's called Tomboy. You're expecting her to be more, you know like boy ish. And even up until when she says her name's Mikhail, I don't think, you know, that she's pretending to be a boy yet. And then when, when the kind of like the weight hits that she's lying to everyone, or at least hiding who she really is or not really is, but um, who she wants to be. uh, Then the film just takes such a heavy turn because I was stressed out the entire time after that. Yeah. Once, once I realized she's hiding this from everybody, uh, and it's it's such a crazy uh, performance from her mm. to pull it off as well. Yeah, like even the shirts versus skin stuff. When oh my gosh, soccer, I got I'm like, so oh, stressed God, out. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> the the drama that this is going to cause and the anxiety. Um, and you see that like unfold with her standing in front of the mirror, mm-hmm. you know, kind of yeah. like thinking, could I do this? Like, could I pull this off? And like, she like spits in the sink to like practice. And then she does that on the field mm-hmm. when she gets out there. Um, the whole time I was like, like I was waiting for her mom to like come out and mm-hmm. see her or, her or her parents like playing soccer shirtless. Like right. what would, like, how would that even go down? Like, I can't even imagine that scenario going well for anyone involved. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. I was struck by how brave I feel like you would have to be. Yeah. Like, mm. as a kid, as a, as a 10 year old, I don't think there's any way that I would be that bold and that brave to try something like that. No. Of course, I have no, I have no concept of, of what it would feel like to be, of like wanting to do that. Um, but the, the fact that she would do that in that moment was just like pretty incredible. I didn't even want to play shirts versus skins and I didn't have any gender confusion. <laughs> I didn't want my <laughs> blubbering stomach floating about while I was running after a soccer ball. No, thank you. I want that. <laughs> Danny, what's first on your list? I mean, first for me would be to talk about our queen, Celine. I know we talked about the 90 minute thing, but I, I really do feel, I, even after petite and, and, uh, um, portrait, uh, this movie feels the weight of this movie feels uh, harder to tell this kind of story than what we, what we've seen before of hers. And for a movie that is from 2011 telling this kind of story, then I'm just amazed at how ahead of its time it is, at least for, I, I think at least for Americans, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how, 
how different society is, at least in France. And I, I watched an interview with her talking about making this and she, um, she had said the response to it was incredible. And it got to the point where I, apparently in France, like on Wednesdays would be like family day in, um, the theaters and the movie did so well on Wednesdays that families were going out to see it. And it got to a point where tomboy was being shown in elementary schools and high schools to kids. Wow. And she said it was like the biggest compliment she could ever get for this movie, which is absolutely insane. Can you imagine that happening in America? Right. I know it would never happen. Riots. Jesus Lord. Uh, <laughs> Parents in, sitting in sackcloth. <laughs> On the, the school ground, <laughs> gluing their hands to the front of the like movie theater to make sure nobody saw this movie. It's exactly what would happen. Morons, and then yeah. and then her just her absolute masterful way of directing children. I mean, mm. we see it in Petite, but in this, there's so many kids, and every kid from from uh, Mikhail to just one of the kids on the playing field all felt everything felt so natural. Like every, no kid felt like they were overacting or out of place. And, uh, in the same interview, she was talking about casting and after she cast Zoe to be Mikhail Laurel, um, she actually had her invite all of her real life friends and the kids in the movie are her real life friends. So I think the genius in that is their comfortability with each other, uh, as friends and to play with each other was already established. Mm. And so to be able to just film it, they were already good friends to begin with. I thought that was such a genius move on her part. That is smart. Um, and it's just, it shows the way she has these kids in all these scenes, even the even down to like the heavy conversations about gender. Uh, it's, it's, it's so masterful and impressive. Yeah, you mentioned it being like ahead of its time. It, it is for Americans... Like, it's pretty bonkers. And like, one of my notes was going to be like, they should just show this in schools. Mm-hmm. And they're already doing it in like regular theaters outside of the States. Um, but like, I had also read a quote that she had talked about how, like, really the themes of the movie can like resonate with several different types of people. Like the trans community, but then she also said that like, and this could also resonate with heterosexual women growing mm-hmm. up. There's like so many levels that you can see where it works for many people um, and has empathy for those people. And you just, it's like so foreign of an idea for this movie to be accepted at a mainstream level in our country. (laughs) all, All you could literally be asked for in watching this movie is to learn and have empathy for people that are different than you. Mm -hmm. And it's like never going to happen in this country. Right. It's like bonkers how simple that you could, how much you can learn from this movie. But yeah, it's, we have a long way to go. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting point about just how even heterosexual women might think about it. Because my wife, Jenna, she, when she talks about being a kid, she describes herself as a tomboy. Um, you know, she said, oh yeah, I was a tomboy. Like she had a short haircut. She liked to wear her brother's clothes. And that was just like kind of her thing. Um so I think it is kind of so I wonder how she would f- connect with this movie or if she would see it, if she would see herself in the character of Mikhail um but I also I had that thought too was like should I show this to my kids mm, yeah. you know should I show this to my to my 10-year-old daughter because even now 
you know, they, they, you know, they have, you know, just uh, kids in their school who are, you know, asking these kind of questions. So it's, you know, whether, <laughs> you know, there's so many people who want to like maybe not talk about it and like hope it goes away, but it, like, it's a part of our lives, mm. mm-hmm. you know, it, in the same way that it's like always been there, but maybe right. behind closed doors or just like, you know, try to stuff it down. But this is, this is the, like the reality of the world we live in. And, um, you know, yeah, I'm just thinking of that. Of like, how, how can I, you know, help my kids and like, would it be helpful to show them this? I'm not really sure. I don't know. Right. I guess I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, is it my turn? Hmm. Yeah. I did want to talk about the acting in with these kids, like Laura, Mikhail, and what was the sister's name? Was it Jean? Yeah. Jean. Yeah. Um, so adorable. Amazing. The performances out of these kids. It didn't feel at all like acting, like you had mentioned earlier. And this was going to connect to your comments about how like these kids were friends. And then, you know, how much work should we do as parents? Um, with this like, you know, this kind of like acceptance from from people that are different than you. How about like when she answers the door and Lisa's looking for Mikhail mm. and she like pieces it together like right away, but then just like, you know, allows the conversation to continue and end. And then she just like waits there to like quietly talk to her and mm. ask her these questions. Uh, unreal. Mm-hmm. Like so fascinating to see the connection between those siblings and the kind of like instinctual knowledge to have a private conversation about that, not to blow everything up, blow up her spot and like find out, you know, and, but of course, like she suggested that I'm going to tell mom, but like still having the wherewithal to have that like private conversation, Mm. you know, I guess we could give kids some slack to, to do some learning on their own first too, but very, very cool scene. I felt like there was some almost like subtext that there was something like this that happened in before they moved. Mm. Yeah, I felt that too towards the end. Cause she asked to move again oh, to her yeah. father at one point. Yeah, she said like we have to leave again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. <laughs> right. One of the things Casey said that struck to me in her review of Tomboy, um, about the little sister. And she said, when kids are not indoctrinated with bigotry and intolerance, loving their siblings just as they are is completely natural to them. And it really comes across in Jean's performance. Every kind of step of the way she, after finding out what um, Mikhail did, uh, she just kind of loves her still and supports her when she gets in bed with her and they play the clue game one night after it had all already hit the fan, you could just tell she still supported her and loved Mm -hmm. her as who she was and is and who she wants to be. And it just, it kind of, I mean, it, it came through beautifully. I really, I really loved it. Yeah. Um, Danny, what's on your list? Um, I want to talk about, um, the mom and dad, specifically the mom's reaction to um, finding out the lie and stuff. And I think uh, there's just a lot to consider when this kind of stuff happens. I, 
the initial kind of shock of how she responds feels like uh, some sort of heaviness to it. Um, finding out your child's been lying like this in almost sort of like embarrassment, I think she probably felt. But uh, it really was kind of powerful and it's kind of, it's almost like a reality for uh, most parents who have to, who who are going through kind of stuff like this. I know uh, having a kid who uh, doesn't want to dress uh, how you think maybe they should dress and mm. choose to wear the baggy clothes and the, and the more uh, tomboy esque kind of look, it's, it's a lot to consider when they're going out, especially in America, when they go out into a world where you don't know who's going to accept them at any moment uh, or how they're going to be treated or if they're going to be bullied. And there's that level of stress um, that kind of is involved with that being their parent. And I feel like her reaction uh, is quite genuine and it just, I don't know. I felt some empathy for her because it, it just, it, it's a lot to deal with. And um, I think, I, th I, th I think it's just, it's a, it's a bigger conversation to have about the parents. Mm. Um, it came off pretty realistic to me. It came off realistic. And, but also I don't really have like a, a negative reaction. To, I mean, I have a negative reaction to hitting kids, um, but that's a different conversation. Uh, it's, it's just, I really felt for her in the moment because it's so heavy to, to think about and to want to love your kids with who they are and where they're at and support them. And to be kind of caught off guard by what is happening. I, I really, it was really a heavy moment. And even, mm -hmm. even the moments where she's taken her around to apologize, Ugh. just, uh, it was just, it, it was, it was heavy. Like it, this movie went heavier to where, um, I thought it was going to go, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, it, the parent, it, the parent aspect, I was, I was just, it was just, it was very well thought out. It was very well written. And I, I really appreciated that angle and it, I re appreciated the angle to where it wasn't just kind of like it hits the fan and it just kind of, I don't know, there was, there was more to it that I really liked. And I, it, I think I'll benefit from more rewatches on it. Mm -hmm. It felt in my view of her reaction to it, it almost felt like she was embarrassed because she didn't know already that like that her daughter was having these feelings or that they hadn't had any conversations about this. So like when she starts crying, I viewed that as like, I effed up. Like mm. I wasn't there to support her and it got to this point and now she's in this really hard situation that we have to deal with. I don't know. Perto, what did you think? That's a great that? perspective. Yeah, that or um, she maybe felt hurt that like she didn't trust her enough to tell her Right. You know, that she was in this spot. I have empathy for the mom as well, because I think the mom knows the world that her daughter is going into and like the harsh reality. Like Mikel is living on borrowed time. It's like there's two more weeks left of the summer. And then at that point, you're going to go to school and this isn't going to continue like right. this. And it's going to be worse for you if you have to walk into school and a whole and confront your whole school doing this, or 
you can, we can do this now. So I think the, like the, the mom kind of viewed it that way of like, you're happy right now. You have this, 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 you're in this bubble, this summer bubble right now. And it's, and it's fine, but this is all going to change in two weeks. And if I don't help you right now, you're going to be in a worse spot. I think, of course, she could have, <laughs> like all parents, you could have reacted better if you go, you know, go back in time. Mm. So I have a lot of empathy for the mom in that moment. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know how, how I would handle something like that. Yeah. Casey points out, she's also like a week away from giving birth. Too, <laughs> yeah. so not <laughs> the <that>. ideal time <laughs> for her to be thinking about these situations. And there is also that great scene where she's walking with her. And telling her that like school is starts in two weeks. We have no choice. Like, mm-hmm. do you have another solution to this? Yeah. And she asks her like flat out. And, you know, no, there is no other better solution at this moment. I think also it helps the conversation that no, at no point in the movie did I ever feel like they were bad parents. Mm-hmm. Like at least it to a point where, uh, you could clearly tell the parents loved each other. They loved the kids. They loved being a family. So that it, at on some level, uh, this was going to work out. We we all don't react the way we need to react. But you knew she loved her and she was going to support her and uh, figure it out. Like right. they're going to figure it out. Like this is just the kind of beginning. Especially now that she would know that her daughter... Um, either wants to be a boy, wants to be identified as a boy, or whatever other path that leads down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, a beautiful scene with the mom where Mikkel comes back into the home and then her mom calls her in. And then they just like sit on the couch and like snuggle together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt like that, that moment, like it's such like a small, tiny moment, but that's such, that's such like a, to me, that's like such a really deep moment as a parent to like make time for your kids like that. Like that's not easy to do. Like it seems right. so simple, but it's not easy to do like in the midst of your everyday life mm. to say like, hey, I'm going to take a moment just to be with you. Mm. It's like the classic Marmy quote, don't let the sun go down in your anger, you know? Not to reference Little Women again, but... She was referencing the stand. <laughs> uh, Proto, next point. Uh, back to the, the kid performances. Uh, I'm really curious how she how she gets such good performances from the kids. The, this, the scene that I loved was when uh, Jean and the other little girl, uh, Cheyenne sit down and have a conversation. So like both these girls are supposed to be, I think like five years old. Um, so finally, Mikkel agrees that uh, Jean can come with her. And then she finds this other girl and they sit down and they talk and and she's talking about Mikkel and what a great big brother she mm-hmm. is to her. Mm. That, that whole scene was like amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's these two like tiny kids just having this conversation. I really, I love that scene. Um, and really, like like we've said, all this the scenes with the kids. But I, yeah, I just I'm so curious as to how you get such good acting out of kids. Like, do you just shoot a lot, like over and over again, or do you just kind of like have them not even repeat lines? Yeah. You just like say like just talk until they forget there's a camera there. I'm sure there's all kinds of techniques, but whatever it is, uh, Celine has figured it out. Mm. She said in the interview um, that they filmed this in 20 days. 
and uh, they kind of flew through it. And like the scenes, like the when they're playing soccer, um, both both days where they played the first time and they the shirts and skin the second time, they did that all in one day. So I think a lot of it was kind of quick. And I don't. I think she's just she's that talented. She's that kind of yeah. She has it down. Um, my final point. I mean, it might lead into. Well, we'll see. It leads into my rating, but I feel like this is. I won't say that this is my favorite Celine Siama movie. I think uh, Portrait might be. Actually, I don't even know what my favorite one is, but. All that to say is I feel like this is her most important movie mm. or her most important work um, because I feel like this is the movie that resonates with an audience that needs the movie to resonate with, but it also needs other people to watch it to learn mm-hmm. and like be more accepting and just understanding of you know people going through things that you've never gone through or maybe you have, but you'd like forgotten and it's just like that refresher. So I like on this viewing, I, I think I remember I, I scanned some reviews beforehand um, about people talking about how like important this is. Like I lived through this. Like I had visceral memories of doing this when I was growing up. Um, so that's just like one of my main points, maybe my last point on this movie is, and again, like I wish that this is this was shown in schools Um because I, I do feel like this is her most important movie so far. And again, I haven't seen Girlhood um, or any potential short films or whatever, but yeah, that was just like my main thought. Like that last scene where Lisa comes back to her and asks what her name is, I just feel like, I mean, that is such a loaded moment. It's like mm. 10 seconds, but the way she answers and the way that she smiles at the end like that smile, my God. ready to kind of try again mm-hmm. or to like, she's not giving up. Um, and we, you know, we don't know that like what, what will happen that year, the next year. Um, but I just found it so hopeful and exciting. Um, so that's my last point, I think. I mean, I completely agree. I think, I mean, for me, Petite is my favorite just because the uh, story of kind of generational trauma kind of, sits with me better than than tomboy but i agree i feel like uh this is a very important story at least in our society right now um and people need to watch this more people need to watch this and i i, I it just kind of bums me out that it won't be watched mm. maybe more will watch it now that I listen to our show hopefully yeah i did i did see some reviews come in through the the tag people saying how you know otherwise they wouldn't have watched this so it's working in some small way, at least. Yeah, I agree with what both of you said. And and I felt even for me watching this, um, there are just some, there's some scenes, oh man, they're just so striking where you're, wa- you're you know, you're, you're, you're watching this and you're wondering yourself of like, what does it mean to be a boy or a girl? Mm. <laughs> you know? And like, what does it matter? And just the way like they fully accepted this girl as a boy, like no questions asked. Um, and then like the striking difference of seeing her in a dress and thinking like in my head, I'm thinking like, this looks like a boy in a dress. Mm. 
you know, and, and so like it, it just, it, the way it's presented in that way, I, I think it, it, it almost feels like it's, it's like dislodging something in my brain mm-hmm. about the way like that I was raised, you know, the, the, the way that like we were taught to see the world. It, it just kind of helps, um, I think in that way. So yeah. I, I agree. The, the thought of like, what does it matter is like the core question I ask when anyone has any issues of like pronouns or gender or anything, what does it matter? Mm-hmm. So, you know, like there are so many other things for you to worry about in, in today's world. These are the last things that should get concern you whatsoever. What does it matter to you? Mm. It's just like a waste of time for these people to get up in arms about this stuff. Um, Danny, final point? Man, we've covered a lot. <clears throat> I think uh, I, I love her choice to continue to always use Jean-Baptiste for her scores. Mm. He did Portrait, Petite, Tomboy, Water Lilies, Girlhood. Uh, excuse me, I say Jean. I don't, I'm assuming gender. Forgive me. I don't know. Um the score is gorgeous. It always is gorgeous. And I, I think it's really paired well with so many of the scenes with Mikhail running through the forest or playing soccer or just when she is standing there uh, taking it all in, feeling, figuring out how she's going to fit in with everything going around her. The score just, it's subtle and it's simple and... Um, it just it works with her film so well and i love when i love when a director finds their composer and mm. and i and i think it just it works for Celine's films yeah uh Proto, final point uh we covered most of mine so i'll just give my honorable mentions um gosh when she pulled out the play-doh i knew oh, exactly oh forgot about the play-doh what she was doing and i was uh, in shambles, just you know, are we gonna are, are we gonna have a, a penis fall out in the middle? Oh my of, gosh! Oh my like, I, I was just terrified of of what might lay ahead. I'm yeah. so thankful we didn't get any kind of scene like that. And uh, Celine's a a better writer. Um, <laughs> I was so stressed out in that scene. <laughs> the whole swimming scene, the the wrestling on the dock. Yes. I was just waiting for it to flop yeah. onto the dock. Or even like cutting, like I was like, can you cut a bathing suit like that? And it still works. Right, right. I had doubts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind of going back to what we were just talking about of, you know, like what does it matter? I, I found I found the the line, the one boy uh at the end when they find out, he says, It's disgusting that you kissed a girl. Um, and I felt like that. I felt like that line is a is a good representation of how a lot of people would kind of react mm. to something like this. Like they were totally fine with Mikkel as long as you know she was what they thought she was. Mm. But even you know if they if they like each other, but if they're two girls, it's it's disgusting. Mm. Um, so I think that you know that 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 says a lot. Um, the last thing was I. I uh, some of the shots in this, there's a lot of close-up shots. Like I loved how the movie started with like the the real close-up shot of the the, her in the car with the hand and the view of the trees. Like Celine is like a very bold filmmaker in mm. that way. Like those shots, 
Um, and she like pulls him off so well. Uh, so I love that. And just like the way I think it really uh, adds to just the the presence and like the, the tone of the movie. And there's a great shot also of near the end where she runs away from her mom and goes in the woods and she takes the dress off and like throws it over a tree branch. Mm-hmm. And then it's a shot of her like walking away with the tree. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like a really beautifully framed shot. Yeah. Um, it was a direct homage to a uh, Spider-Man in the alley walking <laughs> away from the suit. John Romita senior. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had, I had a, I had a good time with this and I agree. I think this movie's, I think it's important. I think it's something that more people should see. I think it really, it, it would, it would benefit a lot of people to view this and, and kind of help to, you know, think outside of, the box. So I might four stars for Tomboy. Hmm. Um, honorable Menchies for me, that spaghetti needs red sauce, a lot more red sauce. <laughs> <laughs> can we get some red sauce in here, please? Um, can we play tag at the lake house? When we have oh. our vacation. That, ta- that version tag. tag looked pretty fun. You know, the two people had to run up. Oh, that's called steal the bacon in my neck of the woods. Oh, I never played that. You never played Steal the Bacon never in school? I played Steal the Bacon, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Uh, let's play Steal the Bacon. Right after we play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Needing to go to the bathroom. That scene. Oh, yeah. Molly. I love the her sister's portrait drawing of her. Yes. That was fun. <laughs> she told her to sit still. <laughs> she just showed a smiley face. <laughs> I could have sworn in the, I think in the swimming scene, I heard a Wilhelm scream. I did. Yes. Okay. I did too. Totally. Yeah. That was crazy. When the kid gets thrown off the dock. You're yeah. right. What a strange addition. I am at four and a half stars for Tomboy. Loved it. Glad I watched it. Loved the runtime. Celine mm-hmm. is the master. Um, there's not much more to say. Danny? Uh, five stars. I I easily worship at the alt, the cinema altar of Celine Siama, and I will continue to do so. And I think she's a masterful filmmaker, and I wish she put out a movie a year because I need her in my life until I'm six feet under. Mm. I love her movies so much. I love her messages. I love her gentleness with the storytelling. Um, I think she is just very good at what she does. And uh, I'm glad we get to kind of celebrate her this month. We're going to run out of films of hers real quick. That's what makes me very upset. Um, but I'm a big fan. Clearly. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Well, we'll let me see what I want to get to first. Uh, let's get to Andrew. Left a tomboy email. Hello, wonderful hosts of 70MM. Celine is such a special director, and I'm so glad to see you continue exploring her filmography as part of this month's theme. Watching Tomboy made me think a lot about how love and acceptance are so deeply intertwined. You really can't have one without the other. The stark contrast in demeanor and safety between Mikhail and Lara is heartbreaking, but the only thing that changed was how their world decided to see them. When surrounded by a loving environment and people, it's strange how simple it becomes to truly be ourselves and to help others do the same. Mm. Although it was only present for a few scenes, there was something so cathartic about seeing Mikhail leaving the blue dress in the woods. Mm. They immediately look like themselves again, and part of me wishes 
The credits rolled then and there. That comes from Andy Zanum. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Andy. Let's see. We have one from Tom. T-H-O-M. Hi, Slim, Danny, and Proto, and all the lovely 70mm listeners. My name's Tom, and I wanted to send in my first ever voicemail because it's almost a year since I won Letterbox Pro mm. with you after my comment on your original June episode ages ago. And I've now gone through all your back catalogue and listened to everything where I've seen the film. Oh. And that's my kind of rule. I'll only listen to one of the episodes if I've seen that film. Mm. So I've got a few more added to my watch list. But the reason I'm sending this in is because I think now's the time that I should join the village oh. and become a fully-fledged carded member. <laughs> But I'm a bit worried because my username for everything is Tom Mook, but it's not very cool. Uh, I didn't know <laughs> if maybe I needed a bit of a better username or I should just go as myself oh. and uh, be that be that guy. Um, so, yeah, I have just some thoughts. One of the reasons I want to join is because I've signed up to see 12 films in one week for the oh London gosh. Film Festival. Hooptober. And I need somewhere where I can chat about that. Perfect. Um, so yeah, keen to know your thoughts. Love everything you do. And maybe be joining up with the village soon. Okay, Tom. Tom did apologize in his email that his voicemail was vibrating. I think that was his own phone oh, getting texts while was he was recording his, his, uh, <laughs> his voice memo. Did Tom join? I don't, I don't think Tom joined since we We haven't started. given him a name yet. I didn't see on. any Tom MCK. I mean, I accept the Tom MCK. We accept love you, it. Tom. I accept yeah. it. We love you for who you are. You don't need a cool name. I mean, I'm Proto Lexus. You know? <laughs> it it's only goes up from there. <laughs> um, all right. Next week, we put a Patreon post up. What should the final movie be for Femtember? Got a lot of great, lot of great suggestions. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. People were naming movies. I do have to call out KK naming a movie not even directed by a woman. I thought about banning him. Felt sick. Insta ban, but I thought better of it. Um, Proto, what about our honorable mentions for, for, that were in the running? Do you remember them? Do you have your DMs up? We talked a while. We talked, yeah, we had a lot of internal discussions about what, what might make the, the list. Yeah, I was. Um, yeah, there was. There's a, a lot of good movies on the list. I was petitioning for. Uh, I was actually petitioning for an older movie because mm. the, all the movies we covered uh, so far on the, this month are, are new, newish in the past like fifteen years. So I was. I was petitioning for an Agnes Varda. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't yeah. covered her we on close. the show. We were, were very close. close. So close. Very close. Also, full disclosure, we only really whittled down the list from our women <laughs> patrons. Don't tell the men. <laughs> a lot of great no suggestions, but ultimately we had to do that. We had to see our, what are our actual women patrons suggesting us to watch. And don't tell Bex that we didn't pick anything of hers because she can't we have another W. Bex's she can't win like another thing on this immediately podcast. Immediately, we took them off the list. Yeah, there were Agnes. I, I, we'll get to Agnes. There's All in due time. time. Um, there was one that 
was a twinkle in our eyes. Mm-hmm. It's not streaming. It's going to be a rental. Um, I've that. wanted to watch this for a while. All's fair in love and basketball. Mm. That is going to be the movie next week. I believe Rachel suggested this in the comments. Directed by Gina Prince by the Wood. Quincy and Monica grew up in the same neighborhood and have known each other since childhood. As they grew into adulthood, they fall in love. But they also share another all-consuming passion. Basketball. As Quincy and Monica struggle to make the relationship work, they follow separate career paths through high school and college basketball. And they hope into stardom in big league professional ball. Goodness. You played you played uh, basketball all through school, right, Danny? Is that your varsity, one of your varsity jackets? Basketball? Well, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't make varsity basketball. No. Actually, I didn't make basketball in high school at all. Uh, I had to play football, baseball, and track. So it didn't, basketball didn't fit in anywhere once I got to high school. Um, it was your kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> I was too short and too white. <laughs> Tales old as time. <laughs> Bro, you feel like you could have you played ball in school. You know, oh, dunking yeah. on fools. Yeah, you're like 6'7". I may have gotten defender of the year when oh. I was eight years old. But what? we lost every single game oh. and I was out of township basketball at the time. <laughs> What's township basketball? It's before you're like, you know, before you're playing with the, the schools. Township. Just township. I don't, I don't know if that's We real. don't have towns in Florida. You don't have no. towns. This is okay, just, maybe it's a New Jersey thing. I apologize. We, wait, we need to focus on this town's comment. I don't you know what a township town. is. Really? We have Little League. You don't have a township. Well, yeah, it was Little League. But, yeah, but you we, run Little I've League in your used, township. No, I've never said that. You run Little League in your zip code. <laughs> Florida is underwater right now. We can't rely on <laughs> what's happening in Florida. <laughs> it's gone. Uh, See, I played... I played Noel basketball knows. in grade school. We were awful. I was awful. Um, I think it was high, grade school. Maybe it was high school. I don't remember. Um, but that's my basketball backstory. So love and basketball. Uh, Gina Prince by the wood. We will do that next week. It's going to be a rental. I'm excited. Um, and we're almost through this month. It's been a great month. Not going to lie. Big month next month. Might be our biggest. Oh God! Stay tuned, uh, Proto. Any closing thoughts? You know, earlier today I snuck in a little short film, five minutes, five minute short film. I was looking up my boy Koganata, of course. Oh. Uh, he's done a bunch of shorts, and I was wondering, you know, where where are the shorts? Where do they keep these shorts? <laughs> um. Uh, because it's hard to find. You might see you might see them on, you know, they're listed on Letterbox, but you don't know where to find them. But often, if I look on YouTube or you just Google it, uh, you might find it. And I found his on Vimeo. Um, so uh, and they're fun to watch. You know, there's a lot of shorts out there that you can watch, and they're free. If you have a spare 15 minutes, I encourage everyone to seek out the short films. Hmm. There's even an Oscar category. No. Is that real? Dale? Dale, can you check that? Dale in the producer studio, can you confirm if <laughs> is that is lying? true? <laughs> we'll see everybody next week for Love and Basketball. 
70mm is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and V'ger, the robot who loves movies, provided by Pert Alexis. Producer at large, Dale underscore A. And music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me, Slim. Support our Patreon for access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. Goodbye. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Oh.